Hello, 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 and welcome back to my podcast channel. My name is Sylvia Grace, and today I want to talk about 99 going after the one. Um, in Matthew 18, um, it talks about um, the shepherd, how he had his 99 sheep, and noticed one was missing, and he went to go search for the one. And I used to think, you know, until I fully understood the magnitude of um, the scripture, so I think it's Matthew 18, uh, verse 12. Well, you have the eight, you have the 99. Like, why are we going back after the one? But because I didn't fully understand the magnitude of the scripture, and once I did, like, it really. It had brought me to uh, almost tears because, you know, God loves us so much that he'll come look for you. You know, because I, in my cardinal mind, I was thinking, well, you have the majority. You know, you have 99. Okay, you lost one, but you still have 99. You know, when... Um, in reality it's just like you know for those that have children I don't have children but for those who have children it's like your house is um, God forbid your house was on fire and you have four kids and you were able to bring three to safety and you notice one is missing and you wouldn't say okay well I got three of the three out of the four. That's the majority. No, you're gonna go. You love each of your children equally, and you're gonna search for that one because you don't love this one more than the other. Because you love all your kids the same, so you're gonna search. You want to bring your child to safety, all four of them. So you're gonna go after that one. So when I, like I said, when I really understood the magnitude of it, it was just, I want to say, uh, I guess life-changing because it's like the fact that God loves us so much that he will come looking for us, you know, because it says in the, in the scripture, it's not his will for anyone to perish, you know, and he'll go looking for us because the 99 you know are the the ones that are kingdom per se and obviously the 99 is if is figurative so he wants to go search for the loss because his desire he doesn't love you know god's no respect as a person he doesn't love this one person uh more than the other he wants to bring all his children, just like I gave that example of the house being on fire. He wants to bring all his children to safety. Um, not to safety, but uh, he wants to bring all his children out uh, to be part of the kingdom so they can inherit the promises and, covet- and come into covenant relationship with him. You know, it's just... Um, when I think about the parable of the uh, shepherd and his sheep, as we know that um, the shepherd is Jesus and his sheep, we are the sh- his sheep. 
and he's happy when we come when we bring souls to the kingdom that's more his children that are going to have salvation have you know eternal everlasting life you know and it's it's uh refreshing knowing that our father cares about us that much that he um, goes searching for us. So I just wanted to read that scripture real quick. Um, like it's Matthew 18, uh, verse 12. I'm going to read verse 12 through 14. It says, um, and this is the English Standard Version. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray? Does he not lead the 99 on the mountains and go search for the one that went stray? And if he finds it, truly I say unto you, he rejoices uh, more over the 99. Hang on a second, my thing went down. Um, and he, let me just read verse 13 again. And he finds it and says, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these ones should perish. It is not his will. That's why he gives us um, freedom to, you know, uh, accept him um, as our Lord and Savior and for us to repent. You know, we have free will. So we can make that decision. You know, it wouldn't be true love if we were forced to um, follow him. You know, just like go back to that example with the children, um, the father and the children. You want your children to do things, um, not because, I mean, obviously certain things are just not up for discussion, you know, but you want them to do it because they want to do it. And because when you um, you have to force somebody, it kind of, well, maybe children is not a good example because certain things children just have to do. And, but in a relationship per se, maybe that's a better example. You know, you want your significant other to do certain things because they want to do it, not because you're forcing them. And it just reminds me, I had a friend who um, was with her child's father at the time. And she's you know, a woman of faith. And he was going to church. But his heart wasn't in it. You know, he was just going to church because she wanted him to go to church. But his heart wasn't right. You know, he was doing it to please her. And she, he knew that she had a relationship with Christ. And he wasn't doing it because he wanted to. He was doing it because he knew that's what she wanted. So in a sense, well, she wasn't forcing him, but it was more so, she kind of gave him a slight ultimatum, you know, and he was doing it to please her. But if your heart is not in it, then it is kind of like defeats the purpose because you want someone to do something because out of their love for you, for their admiration of you, or whatever the case may be. But you want them to do it at a free will, not under compulsion, under control. Um, 
he's number one, you know, that's not of God. And if God gives us free will, then who are we to force somebody to do something they don't want to do? You know, but we understand the significance of the shepherd and his sheep um, and him and Jesus going after his people, you know, and he uses us as vessels uh, to go after the one, whether it's a family member, a friend, or just people in our circle of influence, or just people that we come in contact with. You know, we are his vessels, and it's an honor to be used by him. You know, and we rejoice when we when souls come to the kingdom, and it makes a father proud. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that he pursued me. And if you're believing in someone to um, come to know Jesus, have a relationship with him, and maybe you shared the gospel and they didn't accept don't give up on them you know ask God for wisdom and discernment and just pray you know we know we fight our battles in prayer and just pray that God will change their heart and that they will come to know the fullness of him and his love you know but the last thing you want to do is you know beat someone over the head you want them to come again because they want to come and not because they're forced you know, I just think of, you know, of course, as a child, I didn't get to say whether I wanted to go to church or not. That wasn't an option. We had to go to church. So when I became at an age where I didn't have to go, I didn't because now I had free will. And it was just kind of like, you know, I already had to get up early Monday through Friday because of school. And then, especially in high school, so I had to be at a school by, um, be on the bus by 7.10 or 7.15, and that was excruciating for a high school student. You know, I hated to get up anyway, but to be on the bus by 7.10 was a bit daunting. <laughs> and it was some, it was very challenging. But I just say that to say, you know, it's, I did it, I mean, I, I chose not to go to church because I just looked at it as, you know, it's my time to sleep in. <laughs> I know it sounds shallow, but hey, I was a teenager. <laughs> you know, because Saturday we get up early and do our chores or whatever. And Sunday was my only day to sleep in, so I didn't have to go to any church anymore. So now that was my opportunity to sleep in. And it was something I had looked forward to. But it was, like I said, the relationship was forced or didn't have a relationship it was just that okay we went to church because that's what we had to do or what we were told we had to do that wasn't up for discussion you know at the time you know but they also um, there's two other parables uh, where it shows you know um, Jesus going after the lost sheep. You know, we think of um, the prodigal son in uh, Luke 15. You know, the I mean, well, actually, the son had came to himself. 
But when he came and realized he made poor decisions, father didn't throw it in his face. You know, he received him with open arms. You know, he forgot about all that he's he's done and he was just so happy that his son was safe and back home. And that's how God is with us. And that's why once we repent, our slate is wiped clean. Everything we did before that doesn't matter. Because now we have a new life. We're new in Him. And we have to remember that because sometimes people will try to um, bring up your past or remind you of your past. And you tell them if someone does that, it depends on where you are in your walk. But when people try to bring up your past, you just thank them for reminding them how far God has brought you. You know, and remind them that your past is just that. (laughs) And God has forgiven. And God does remember. He doesn't remember the past. I mean, not that he doesn't remember it, but that's not important to him. And it shouldn't be important to them. You know, a lot of times people um, are familiar with the old you because they don't see or they they can only identify with the old you because that's where they were comfortable, where this new you makes them uncomfortable because you don't do the things you used to do. You don't think the way you you used to do. You know, in Amos, it says, how could two walk together unless they uh, be agreed? So now there's there's not that commonality anymore. And I knew that from my own um, experience, I knew that I had to put some distance between um, a friend. Because I realized every time we would talk, we would, she would um, bring up the past. And then I was just like, is that the only thing that we have in common? You know, we were in college, we were in our college for you know, several years, and she would always revert back to college, and it's just like, okay, like, that's behind me, clearly you're still there, and I moved on, you know, so sometimes we have to put, create distance between us, you know, you still love that person, of course, you know, because nobody's perfect, but at the same time, you know, it's not, you know, we don't need to be surrounded by people who want to constantly remind us of our past or try to take us back to how we used to be. It's really about creating boundaries. You know, because boundaries, um, you know, let's say prevent that from happening, but it'll, it'll keep people at a distance. And you only allow them to come, you know, but so certain access, you only allow them to have certain access to you, basically. So I just wanted to, um, you know, share that with you all. And especially, we say Jesus is a reason for the season. Um, and we don't know where in the Bible it says that December 25th is his birthday, but 
you know, the greatest gift ever that someone can have is salvation. And some, you know, obviously those that don't say may not understand that. Because sometimes we think the greatest gifts sometimes are the tangible things. When the greatest things, the greatest gifts are the things that you can't hold or touch. So there's no greater gift than the Father's love. Because the Father loves us and he pursues us. And we can come to um, a fullness knowing that he loves us. So I just wanted to share that with you all today. Um, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, um, but desire to have a relationship with Christ, all you have to do is just confess your sins and invite him into your heart. And then your sins are forgiven. Your sins are are washed clean. You're given a new slate, a new life. And you have eternal life, which is (laughs) the greatest gift ever. And it'll be the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Uh, Because he is, like I said, and I read the scripture, you know, before... It is not his will for anyone to perish. This is why he gives us the opportunity to join the kingdom, to come into covenant relationship with him. You know, but like I said, free choice. And not everybody, you know, chooses to make that decision. You know, so if you like, like I mentioned earlier, if you have friends or family that are um, still haven't made that decision yet. You know, don't give up on them. But use wisdom and discernment. And just keep keep that number one in your, your, uh, in your prayer time. That God will change their heart. Because sometimes it's about planting seeds. Then he'll send someone to water it. And then one day the harvest. I'm so glad he didn't give up on me. Because when people used to preach the gospel to me it was just like okay whatever you know I um, experienced I don't want to say church hurt because it wasn't a church that hurt me directly um, but I saw some things that I didn't like um, like I said with church church hurt because the people were in the church um, but I just wanted you know nothing to do with it because I was just like this is what uh, church is like are supposed to be like then I want to, I don't want any part of it but I'm glad and he knows the day and the hour when uh, those that you're believing to come to Christ he knows when that'll happen remember because he can see the beginning from the end so don't give up keep praying keep pursuing you know but don't overdo it <laughs> Don't force it upon anybody. You know, I remember being a child and um, and it was more pop. I don't know if they still do it. I haven't seen it in a very long time. But I remember back in the day, we would hear either a preacher or an evangelist or whoever, pastor, on the blue on the blow horn, saying either, "Come to Christ, repent or die." 
I mean, or uh, go to hell. And I'm like, that's harsh. Like, but I didn't see the love of Jesus in that. I mean, what they were saying was true, but you have to operate in love as Jesus was love. So that's <laughs> go off on a whole nother uh, topic. So I just want to stick to the message, but don't give up because your father hasn't given up on you. So I pray this has blessed you. Um, I love you all, the love of the Lord. And until next time, more grace.